and welcome to a free bean salad a presents the show that is happened sometimes. This dude's moving into a house. I'm moving into a school that I don't. I'm not moving into. Uh, I just go there uh, every day, uh, except weekends. So sorry that we're not fulfilling our, you know, most basic fucking obligations at the moment. But here we are, Jack. What did we watch this week? Wow. We. We not only watched, but rewatched Zardoz. John, John Borman's Zardoz. Well, how did we do it? <laughs> it's like we've done this before. I don't, know, I don't know when we would have done that. Um, but I guess maybe uh, two years ago. Uh, yeah, go give or take. Yeah, but uh, uh, I, I keeping in mind that. During season one, you watch this movie twice. Yeah. Even though you only had to watch it the once. Yes. And both times you gave it a two out of ten. <laughs> Wait, was it, was it not four out of ten? Nope, it was a two. <laughs> was it a two? Fuck me, I was harsh. <laughs> so, Jack, would you recommend Zardos? <laughs> yes. I, I, really would. Would. I really It's would. genuinely one of your highest ratings <laughs> of the fucking year. Yeah. Um... For, I don't know, I'm sure there's probably people who have, for whatever reason, only started listening... This episode. This episode, or, um, you know, at a time after um, the first time that we watched Zardos, which was back in fucking 2020. Um, so, a brief history of um, a three-bean salad and Zardos. Um, two years ago... It was our first... Top funny episode. It was, wasn't our, it? it was our first. Well, I mean, it was uh, our well, third top funny episode, but it was, it was our, our first, our first ex, top funny yeah, episode. Our first extracurricular film, we'll say. For the we podcast. just call them top funny episodes. So, yeah, so. first top funny episode, which was basically <laughs> third time we watched top funny comedian in the movie. Yeah, we um were watching the three Mr. Bean films mm-hmm. uh on a weekly rotation, and bad we, times. Yeah. Uh, the third Mr. Bean film is a movie called Top Funny Comedian the Movie. Uh, we're not going into the details of that. You could go elsewhere for that. But basically, the starters we don't know a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> but by it, by the time we got round to the third viewing of Top Funny Comedian the Movie, we realized we'd run out of things to. <laughs> I'm gonna stop you right there. It was the second viewing that we realized <laughs> we'd run out of things to say. Yes. We just limped through that episode before yeah. quitting. Yeah. Um, we had run out of things to say about this this movie, and uh, so a decision was made that every third week we would watch a top funny movie, which was a movie. In fairness, we did almost all of us anyway did also watch top funny comedian every third yeah, week. Out yeah. of a weird sense of commitment. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Even if that was a case of speeding it up to twenty four times speed and. Layering hardcore punk tunes over it and, and such, but um, Zardos was the first of these uh top funny movies that we watched as part of that season, and um, I had not seen it before. Robin had not seen it before. You had seen it, I gather, many, many times. Many times. <laughs> um, and too many. Yeah, I basically, I started watching it. I think the the day before we were due to record, but I was too tired to finish it. So I went into college the next day and 
in those days I would like rented uh one of the computer labs, uh for Robin and I to use to record in the same room oh, and we talk over fucking Discord with Butch because yeah. we're living in separate counties whatever, and um. I finished it in that computer lab while waiting for Robin to show up. And, like, I got in really early and I had loads of time after college before she was free. And uh, I got to the end, was so befuddled by what had happened that I just started it again straight away. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> what, and I'd say about halfway through the film, Robin showed up unexpectedly early sat down next to me with like very few words and we just sat in silence and watched through the second half of the film together again uh without saying much to each other but with occasional laughter uh yeah i didn't like it very much back then but we (laughs) still watched it twice in a row yeah but we watched it you and i watched it last week and uh, I've decided definitively that no I like Zardoz I really do well, it's fitting that you bring up Robin because of course uh, Free Beans friend of the show former uh, permanent host uh, I asked her I, I figured you know Zardoz obviously film has a lot of memories it's filmed that for some reason she has recommended to a lot of her friends <laughs> yes, uh, yes I'm and I just thought hey might be worth asking do you have any updated thoughts on it and uh she said, I'm going to message you them on a separate app because I don't want you to look at them until you are live on air. Oh, God. And uh, so I've not looked at these faults before. <clears throat> but Robin has said, Zardoz is a movie about man's fall into excess. What you see, see on screen may amaze you with otherworldly images, but the real meat is the underlying message of how a single place and the company you surround yourself with can absolutely change your life. In this film, we see man starting out in a retrospe- in a respectable state, uh, f- but through his change of location and company, become a shell of his former self. Some would say he is filling unfulfilled potential, but I don't quite think that's what the filmmaker ha- the filmmakers had in mind. When they sent our protagonist out with these newly found accomplices, uh, they were intending to show how he, as a symbol of man everywhere, will fall right into the devil's clutches when given the opportunity to overindulge. The company surrounding him influence his style of dress, how he speaks, how he treats women, uh, how he handles the choices he is given. Whether it's disrupting his mind with drugs, cheating in card games, stealing a tiger, <laughs> driving a cop car, or losing a member of his party on the roof. <laughs> Perfectly shows the decline of man. <laughs> Robin, you cunt. <laughs> you have me going there. I was like, hey, there's something so, in this, maybe. That was so fucking stupid. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh my god. Uh, um, this is I, why we need her back. Yeah, again, speaking of Robin, I'd just like to. Um, uh, quote her um, exact uh, review. Three <laughs> words. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Wait. This um, we we watched this on uh, my dad's birthday in twenty twenty. No way. Twenty fourth of February. Yeah. Needed more guns was Robin's <laughs> review of this film back then. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. There's a lot of guns in this fucking movie. I should probably go ahead and say that my thoughts and feelings on this film have basically remained static. So. And what are those thoughts? The same as they were two years ago. Uh, it does some interesting things. 
It, in fact, it almost does quite a lot. Too many, some would say. Yeah. Seven out of ten. <laughs> I I have bumped it up to an, uh, a hefty eight out of ten. That's the same rating you gave to Hard Candy, for God's sakes. Yeah, I That's think... the same rating you gave to Salop. <laughs> you know what? I think it's also the same rating... No, wait. Let me fact check this before I say anything out of turn. In a way, this film and Salo are quite similar. It's th- all about so? privileged, rich people in an enclosed area basically trying to forget about the fact that we're all dying. Yeah, a lot of fascism. Yeah. They both have a lot of fascism. Um, yeah, no, I'm dead right. This, I, I gave Zardos uh, the same rating as another film that I think explores a lot of the same ideas, albeit much, much better. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't that one of the taglines like beyond 1984, beyond, beyond 2001, 2001, beyond love, beyond death. <laughs> Zardos. It's um. How long do we wait before we reveal what we've learned? Before we oh. reveal the, the secret. She look. Maybe we should talk about the movie a little <laughs> bit first, and then. We if can... you haven't seen Zardos, uh, I guess maybe. <sighs> Maybe watch it. Yeah, I I would recommend watching it. It's uh, trigger warnings. Uh, S- sexual assault, I guess. Well, plenty uh, of sexual assault. Good bit of violence. Good bit of violence. Sean Connery's in it. That's <laughs> Sean Connery's in some. He's in whack it. Whack outfits. He's in it. <laughs> that's, uh, all, yeah. that's enough. Yeah, Sean Connery is in it. Uh, uh, there's a some crude diagrams of a wang at one point. <gasps> so. Let's see. I, as I recall, uh, and I, I must stress, I haven't listened back to this episode, I think, since we recorded it, uh, unlike some of the episodes of season one. Uh, but I recall that what ended up happening with the Zardoz episode is that I basically inhaled very deeply and then exhaled for about a minute and a half as I sped through the entire plot of this film. <laughs> I don't feel like doing that this year, so. No. <sighs> Spoilers ahead. Okay. Our protagonist is a man named Zed. He is what's called a brutal. He lives on presumably Earth, uh, and is a part of this race of humans that prays and kind of obeys the orders of this giant stone head known as Zardas. Zardas comes down, gives the brutals guns, and tells them to go forth and kill. The penis is evil. The gun is good. Uh, Zed. Uh, secretes himself into the stone head hidden amongst some uh, wheat, some flour, some grain and uh, shoots a man known as Arthur Frayne. Arthur Frayne falls from the stone head uh, Zed stays in the stone head. Stone head lands in what's called one of the, the, the vortexes where these evolved humans will say who have achieved immortality live. They're all miserable. They're, there's fucking... It's, fascism ensues they they have all this archaic machinery even though this is meant to be like the, the, the 2300s for some reason they still mill wheat by hand for god's sake anyways something to do in it yeah uh the people of this vortex decide to study zed because he's a brutal he's made his way here whatever uh hilarity ensues 
he, he, they want sex with him. They discover he's a mutant of some sort. He's not quite brutal. He's not quite evolved. He's somewhere in between. There's this thing called the tabernacle that, uh, that <laughs> we that, don't know. We don't know, but it's some invention that was made by one of these immortal humans. It's the thing that gives them immortality. It's uh, they've artificially accelerated evolution. It's a essentially. crystal, maybe. It's maybe a crystal or something. I don't know. There's this big <laughs> tri- triangle. This triangular. The uh, prism that people just sort of float into. My God, this yeah. ha- this film must have had such a. Uh, well, we know about the budget. We'll talk about the budget later. I know we we've talk treaded over the mail. Can we talk about the mail? Let's talk about the mail. No. <laughs> um. Okay. So basically, <laughs> the, these these immortal humans they want the gift of death. Zed is the only one that could somehow give it to them for some reason. Uh. He he grants them that chaos. A bunch of brutals make their way into the vortex. There's fire. People are dying. People are given the gift of death. They're all happy. Everyone's like, there's a big orgy and stuff. Sean Connery's in a wedding dress at some point. <laughs> Sean Connery escapes to a cave with uh, Charlotte Rampling, uh, who's one of the immortal humans that was studying him throughout the film. They uh, they have sex. She's impregnated. There's a really gross seed of her giving birth. Uh, they grow old in the cave and die. Yeah, the sad, pathetic end to Zed the Exterminator and his rape victim. Yeah. They turn to skeletons together. Um, so that's Zardoz. Yeah. Before I forget to say this, I... I uh, the, and just talking about the ending of the film there reminded me when we were watching it I was trying to figure out for with, like very stupidly I was like what what link does this have to the the rest of this year and then of course the soundtrack happens and it's like oh of course it's another it's, fucking it's not just that it was also <laughs> just that this year is just meant to drive you insane and I thought another viewing of Zardoz would do, do something to it another yeah. fucking movie with Beethoven that'll do it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I asked you during the viewing, do you think that there's a reason why this particular classical piece, it's Beethoven's 7th Symphony, 2nd Movement, is there a reason why this keeps showing up in these fucking movies? Or is it just that filmmakers are like, it's a good good bit of music? It fucking, it's, it does slap. It is a really I, good bit of music. I also, there's some I, terrible, despairing quality to it. It's wonderful, yeah, but... I think as well for such a fucking like fairly relatively old piece it sounds very modern like very fresh i don't know if that's yeah, just by i don't know if that's just uh because it's so heavily associated with like modern cinema like it, it's it's in so many fucking movies so i don't know if it's just that connection being made in my head but it just feels very fresh like compositionally that it feels very contemporary for something that was written like fucking when Beethoven was alive yeah hundreds and hundreds of years ago um fucking good piece of good piece of music and I always forget that it's uh our theme tune yeah it's plays in several different renditions throughout this movie but yeah for some reason I guess just filmmakers of weird slash obscure slash disturbing cinema just like to use it so it's a good yeah it's fair enough uh yeah one of my one of my favorite one of my favorite classical pieces uh, can I can I tell them the surprise now? Can I tell them the big surprise? 
Yes. <laughs> this was yeah. a this was something I genuinely didn't know uh, until this viewing. When I was partway through, I was on my phone. I was looking through the cast, seeing like, uh, is friend in anything else I've seen? No, he's not. Is all uh, right? How about Arthur Friends? Ardos himself? Is he in anything? And I clicked into it, and the most popular film that was there, I was like, ah, that's interesting. That's a film not only that I've seen. That's a film I spent an entire year watching and rewatching for this very podcast because the actor who plays Arthur Frayne, he's an Irish actor, I forget his name off the top of my head, but he uh, played a character named Father Alex, I believe it is, in a movie called Mamma Mia. <laughs> He's the priest at the wedding at the end. He's yeah. the one who goes, Donna, might you take it the wedding is cancelled? <laughs> That's Zardoz. <laughs> I just want you to picture that priest going, the gun is good. <laughs> Penis is evil. <laughs> the annoying thing is, like, as, as soon as you announced that mid-viewing, it just... You were like, of course! I was, no, I was just like, yeah... It fucking is like he he doesn't look that obviously like he's older, in older balder older and balder but like in in Zardos he's always got his his hair is uh, concealed mm. throughout the movie under uh, different headpieces, mm. uh, and but like yeah it's just like facially I'm like how how the fuck did we not like see it like it, well he it, didn't have his beard drawn on well of course he didn't have his beard drawn on. <sighs> drawn on beard everyone uh, i can't tell if that's meant to be a stylistic thing because it's like he's a funny magician guy that's his character <laughs> or if that was just the budget ran out yeah i yeah I, I don't know either i i guess in one sense you could say it's another layer of like the fact that he's created this this artifice of being this god-like being to the brutals the exterminators um it's just another layer of that that he's just like, you know, it's just yeah, just an, an excessive artifice, and like he like he says in the, uh, I guess the prologue of the movie that was he, added after the film came out. Was added after the film came out, uh, you know, he he tricks people, he you know he pulls the straight. <laughs> But he is also a creation for our entertainment. <laughs> he is God in show business too. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I say oh dear as if I don't have like quite a, quite a soft spot for this movie. Yeah, I have a soft spot for it. I just wish I knew if I, you know, if it was any good or not. In that sense, <laughs> it is very much like Sallow, another film I have at a seven out of ten. Well, it's like your 7 out of 10 is my 8 out of 10. Crazy. Yeah, my 10 out of 10 is at best your 5 out of 10. <laughs> uh, we should make a chart. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's data to be graphed yeah, here. Yeah. Um, and he, he's going to do it now. Uh, maybe I will. Um, <laughs> I don't have that much time. Um, but no, if, <laughs> Yes, you do. No. Um, yeah. what, uh, what was I going to say? One thing that... Uh, occurred to me while watching the movie this time around is like in general with because we could agree that this is to some extent at least a sci-fi movie to some extent hard to really pigeonhole this into any fucking genre because 
It's just bizarre. Psychedelophantasyphi. Um, but I feel like, you know, I think having, like, I, uh, I think that the day before we watched this, I just finished the, the novel of, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey, which tied nicely with this. I didn't, I didn't know we were fucking watching this. It was just good timing. Um, and I know it had me thinking about, uh, like the ways in which kind of sci-fi media kind of, you know, there's always like links to the world that we know, like our modern day world, like our, our, our current, our present day world, like even in, uh, like Arthur C. Clarke's descriptions of some of the technology in 2001, it's like, oh my God, like you could be describing like a fucking iPad here. Like the layout of some of the screens and like, uh, I think it's Bowman at one point just like scrolling through different like news outlets or something on like a, a screen and the way that he describes the layout of it's like and the way that he describes all of the articles being minor celebrity in bathing suits. <laughs> yeah, stuff like Actress that. Actress wears clothes. <laughs> but I guess the point I'm getting at is like I, with sci-fi stories. There are, there are points of contact where you go, yes, I recognize this from the present day, but it has been kind of extended or um, uh, it's been, what am I looking for? Leveled up. You know, it's been changed, but it's familiar. With Sardos, I really, I really struggle to find any kind of link to like, you know, what, this film came out in the 70s? 74. 74, so that's, what, five years after... No, more than five years after 2001? Uh, the film was 67? 67, oh, yeah. I've, well, look, it's a couple of years after 2001, which I think as a... Um, you know, that movie, again, you could you could see, like, that they're, they're going, here's, like, our present day in a few years' time. Zardos is set in the 2300s and for some reason people are milling wheat by hand and they try to kind of pull the wool over your eyes with no but look it really is the future because the bread is green <laughs> it's just like I can't, like it's... Zardos is basically John Borman going if the hippies got their way the rich hippies that is <laughs> the Wicklow hippies the Wicklow hippies <laughs> if they got their way this is what it would be like yeah you know horrible horrible fascists <laughs> but they mill wheat so they're nature children yep <laughs> damn libertarians really be like this <laughs> pardon me <laughs> um so um uh Yes. Zardoz. Zardoz. The, the Wizard of Oz is one of your favourite films. Yeah. It's a fairy story about a man who scared people with a loud voice and a big mask. Re the, the Wizard of Oz is, uh, like, a about the the, the the gold rushes. Wizard of Oz is about States. a lot of things. Yeah. Um, In the books, they just flat out murder people. Yeah, like, very it, violently. It's, it's much, much more violent than the movie. Like, the... The Tin Man especially goes to town <laughs> on a lot of people. He's got an axe, man. Yeah, like the I I only read it maybe two or three years ago for the first time, and there is a scene where like he, they he he chop, chops down a tree I think so they can cross a river, 
and then turns around to fend off these beasts that are chasing them. And it's just like really graphic descriptions of him cutting through flesh. I'm like, wasn't this a kid's book? Yeah, it's what Zardos is based on. Yeah. Uh, fucking Zardos. But if you think about the tree crossing the river as uh, the way that Zed destroys the barriers in the vortex, uh, and the Tin Man turning around and slaughtering everyone as uh, Zed's friends coming and killing all of the now mortal Eternals. Why, why are the weapons again? Just on the on the the future topic. Wait, and again, if if these people are the descendants of hippies, why do they have so many fucking AK-47s? It's Wicklow, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hate to interrupt this, but I'm bursting for a piss. Uh, <laughs> this is fine. It's fine. Look, you could even talk. You could add oh, it. Oh, could... fuck. I'm, 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 I'm not good at the... Oh, jeez. You're a vampire piss. Hello. Um... This is me here. Um, lovely weather. Um, I can't see any of you, of course, but I'm sure you've all got smashing blouses on. Uh, also, I am the Duke of Kidderminster, and extremely rich. That joke funny to eh, maybe free people even. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really. Basically, most of my thoughts on this film, I, f I feel like the ones that needed summing up anyway were were summed up pretty pretty well two years ago. Maybe go go listen to that. I mean, you don't you don't need to. It was I mean, it was probably more lively. You know, we had a third person here, and uh, she was uh kooky, crazy and kooky. Uh, always kept the 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 spirits up. You know, she said a lot about Fight Club. Compared a lot of films to Fight Club. Uh, a lot of a lot of films to Fight Club. Yeah, it was. I'll be honest, I could have done without so many Fight Club comparisons, but you know, it was it was a different time. Yeah, we were all younger. We were all more innocent. We hadn't been through quite so much. You and I. Uh, you know, obviously everything that's happened since then, you know, like, we've been through a lot, you know. I feel like we've grown, we've really changed together. And, you know, maybe we've become better people on the other side of it. Or maybe not, maybe we're still not quite there yet. But you know what, we're trying, and that's that's kind of the main thing. You know, it's, it's easy to become complacent in all the worst parts of yourself. And to develop a sort of sunk cost fallacy, and not bother trying to improve because you go well I've done so much horrible stuff already I may as well just stay where I am and wallow in it but well, you know actually trying I... trying to like grow and learn and be better that takes like actual strength and you know there's no reason to ever stop trying uh, I feel like you and I we've really we've really been through that together oh hi Jack what the fuck I, what the is that a vamp <laughs> Vamp. Oh, oh, the the 1988 movie. All oh, right. Uh, so Vamp is a, I've never actually seen Vamp. Uh, I always got it confused with Vampire's Kiss, which is the Nicolas Cage film. But us, uh, I've never actually seen Vamp. You seen Vamp? No. Oh, well, why the fuck do you bring it up? This fucking guy, unfucking believable. 
Could you refresh my memory? How did you first uh, come into contact with Zardos? Through uh, an old YouTube series called Shitcase Cinema, ah. uh, which uh, I, I still follow somewhat regularly. It's it's a uh, an Englishman who uh, it, it wasn't like slick production values or anything, but I thought his sense of humor was funny. Uh, he would just review crap films in his spare time uh, with his you know crappy camera, and you know I thought that, like I thought they were funny at the time. I still. Have a have a soft spot for that series today, and he did a review of Zardoz that I thought was very very funny, and that inspired me to buy the film myself, and I did, and I didn't fucking get it. I was very young, <laughs> uh, and then uh, years later, I kind of on a whim bought the fucking Blu-ray from Arrow, and was just like, I want to watch this film again and and understand. <laughs> I watched it, and I was like, right, I get what is literally happening now. <laughs> Yep, that's that's as good as you can hope. <laughs> there are things happening on screen, and I understand them. Um, let's see now. I've um, <laughs> uh, my new analysis of this film is that it's actually just a really messy Wicklow hippie flat chair. Uh, <laughs> That's, that's, that's a good name for a band. That's, <laughs> that's all this movie is at the end of the day. And it's perfectly encompassed in um, the scene where they're sat in, I guess, the big fucking dining room. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> what, and Fred just goes, I'm sick of 300 years of washing up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I think it's more so when Zed is helping Fred like, dish out the food. And someone just shouts out, It's not fair, it's Friends Day to make the food. He must carry out the tasks by himself. It's like, oh, it's like an episode of The Young Ones. That's, it, it feels like an episode of The Young Ones. No, it doesn't. It does, just weirder. <laughs> much, much weirder. Yeah, yeah. Comparatively, Young Ones is grounded in reality. Yeah, The Young Ones, except Neil is from Wicklow. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, heavy, heavy, heavy. Heavy, heavy. Um, well, it's always my turn to make the potatoes for the immortals. I mean, <laughs> like I know I'm the only one that does like anything around here, but um, I think my favorite line this time round was, uh, I think it's Charlotte Rampling at one point. Zed is sleeping in a cage, and she's like testing his reactions. And she she just asks him, "Does it please you to sleep?" <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it's just like wow. It's... I have dreams. <laughs> so me. That's so relatable. <laughs> it does please me to sleep. <laughs> oh man, what a what a what a movie! Yeah, I saw you tip tapping away on your phone the whole time. Did you take many notes? Pardon me. My yeah, my notes aren't great. Um. Law and order replaced with another fascist regime. Like Hot Fuzz. Like Hot Fuzz. Uh, uh, it's just a quote. Apathetic or renegade, make your choice. Like Hot Fuzz. <laughs> the links to our world are so bizarre that, like I was saying earlier in sci-fi, you could draw parallels to the modern day. With this, I fucking can't. Like the world's end. <laughs> Does it please you to sleep? Yes. Uh, it's Friends Day to make the food. This is just a big fucking flat share. Uh, this this next one's a question. Circular evolution. Okay, well, I I can grasp 
the concept of that. I'm not sure why you've decided on it or how it works. Um, I don't know. I and it, I don't know because we watched this movie like a fucking. Week. I don't think that's how evolution really goes. No, but I think maybe what I was thinking of was the fact that they kind of mm, we'll say artificially sped up artificially accelerated evolution so as to achieve immortality but then came full circle to realize that they act like (laughs) by further evolving or de-evolving to gain mortality again so it's kind of, I know so like yeah I like I said I don't remember what I was thinking I was very tired. Uh, <laughs> tabernacle invented evolution artificial uh, heightening of consciousness destroys Zed's mind, uh, <laughs> and yeah that's in reference to the big reveal of the film I think where he learns to read. Oh the big reveal that Zardoz <laughs> is actually Father Alex. <laughs> Yes. That's, that's the, that destroyed yeah. my fucking mind. Yeah, the big question is who. <laughs> Me running for the streets screaming, Sardos! <laughs> yeah, I, I, I fucked up my local library on that one. Uh. Yeah, who who killed Father Alex? Shut, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a long story. It's about a goat. Uh, uh, uh. God, everything really is connected, huh? I mean, goat story and who killed Captain Alex, we knew that, but. uh but now this yeah hang on was that not a joke I made during the screening was it maybe I don't know (laughs) Mm, stealing my fucking material Uh, well now it's on the record um what else is there to say about Zardoz I mean we could we could do a a wee refresher of the (laughs) how did the book float in the library the book was floating how did it do that he's a magician how does the (laughs) head fly that now I actually wanted to ask this because again, is this a science fiction movie or yes. is it a or is it a fantasy movie? Yes. Does, does the head fly? Yes. By magic, or is it like a spaceship? <laughs> How? What is the tabernacle? How does that work? It's a crystal that was made by a guy and alright. How does the crystal give them immortal life and also be the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Um, it's not even a crystal, is it? It's like light refractions inside the crystal or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then Zed uh... penetrates it. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone Sean Connery ever have sex would be like, you have penetrated me. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So he, he fucks the tabernacle to he... death, uh, and then finds himself in there and shoots himself, but also doesn't. And then it's fine, and they can die. Everyone can die, and everyone has a, a jolly good time of it. He's just kind of wandering around inside the tabernacle, just going bang, 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 and then it just suddenly goes, Oh, I guess I am dead now. <laughs> Goodbye. Just uh, so unceremonious. What? What is? What? Uh... I think my favorite little detail that I didn't necessarily remember or pick up on last time, uh, from that scene inside the tabernacle, is uh, all the the clips of uh, uh, Consuela and what's the other lady's name? 
May. May. Consuela and May in the background. And it's meant to be their heads like floating. But they're clearly just wearing like black turtlenecks <laughs> on a black background. Just kind of waving their arms Ooh. going, Ooh, and like spinning and shit. So, so uh, silly. I wonder if Charlotte Rampling thinks of this movie often. I mean, she was in some fucking wacky shit. Like, she was in that movie where Richard Harris uh, swears revenge against an orca whale. <laughs> or no, sorry, it's the movie where an orca whale swears revenge against Richard <laughs> Harris, not the other way around. <laughs> she was in A Hard Day's Night, wasn't she? Was she? Fuck. I think she was, yeah. I mean, I think lots she... of people were. It was the, the Hard Day's Night was the... Uh, the novelization of that was the first English-language text to use the word grotty. Wow, that's a fun fact. Yeah, now you know. Uh, here's a fun fact. Did you know that in the end scene of Zardoz, uh, they had to do it twice? <laughs> oh, how wacky. Again, for anyone who needs context for that, it is like a, you know, uh, we we see Z, Zed and May, or is it Consuela? I, I, I always get the mix of Charlotte uh, Rambling. Anyway. Yeah, Charlotte Rampling. Yeah, it's Consuela, it is Consuela. Zed and Consuela, uh, like, aging in this cave, which is obviously done by, like, they just, like, attaching prosthetics to Sean Connery and Charlotte Rampling and, like, kind of cross-fading between the clips. So, to give the effect of, like, an aging It's intended as a homage to the Buster Keaton film, College, one of the few films I own whose Blu-ray comes with a trigger warning. (laughs) Um, and yeah, basically the first time they shot that, and and I should these prosthetics took hours to to apply and also to remove. Hours, they shot the whole thing. (laughs) It turned out the footage was damaged or somehow overexposed or underexposed or something like that or lost. Just yeah, not usable. Not usable. And so they had to shoot the whole thing again, and apparently Sean Connery was fucking furious. Which <laughs> is so fucking funny. Uh, that, is, that is very funny. Uh, there's also that other detail of apparently he was really unhappy about the wedding dress scene, which at lasts, what, all of 20 seconds or something. That's yeah. <laughs> why it's my favourite outfit of his in the film. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's that little detail about a lot of the guns being very real and <laughs> apparently smuggled into Ireland. Well, this is the thing. You have to, like, with, with that whole thing, it's, you have to read between the lines mm. in, the, in that, <laughs> there, you know, there, there were issues getting guns, even prop ones, on set. Because uh, it was the, shot in Ireland. It was shot in Ireland in the seventies, uh, and you know, the troubles, the terrorism, the IRA, the UVF, all that, all that shit. Aren't uh, they the guys that Conor McGregor fights for? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but oh yeah, I know UVF. That's that weird Al Yankovic movie, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But basically, John Borman expressed that he was having trouble getting guns on on, on set and was approached by a, a member of crew and was like, "Oh, I like I you know I could I could probably find a way of getting guns into the country if you know what I mean." 
and he was like, oh, like, no, like, we need, we need to know, like, someone from, like, the IRA or something like that, at which point the guy went, oh, no, I'm in the IRA. That's, you know, it's probably the only way that you could have got guns into the country at that time was if you were in the fucking Ra. Uh, uh, so, yeah, this, this movie's brought to you by... It brought to you in part by... By the Irish Republican Army. Uh, what a... What a wacky movie. When when I when people think of Irish movies, they'll think of ah, oh, you know, maybe the Crying Game, maybe Breakfast on Pluto, you know, uh, the wind that shakes the barley. Yeah, a quiet girl, you know. Mm. Uh, mm. But oh, wait, 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 but uh, whenever you think of Irish movies, henceforth, I want you to think of Zardoz. <laughs> And you think, for all our Irish listeners, which is apparently a minority of you, but still some of you, anyone listening to this, whenever you think of the cinema of the country of Ireland, I want you to immediately think of John Borman's Zardoz. A movie made by an Englishman. In, in Ireland. In, in his back garden in Wicklow. He still lives there. <laughs> So... Let's just walk up to his house one day and ask him some questions. <laughs> I'd I'd do it. <laughs> I know it's probably illegal, but I'd do it. I mean, you know, how 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 illegal is it to walk onto someone's property without their consent? And you know, as long as as long as we leave when he asks us, it's not trespassing, right? Yeah. Isn't that the thing? That is the thing. Um. Also, I feel like he's probably lived in the back arse of nowhere in Ireland long enough that he's kind of used to people just wandering through whether they know him or not you kind of it's kind of the the, the way of the road out, out just here. imagine us there with fucking walking sticks hunched backs you know few teeth left you know beards long enough that field mice could live in them it's just us going Mr. Borman <laughs> we have some questions <laughs> What is the tabernacle? How does it work? <laughs> we want to die. What's the trick? Uh, what if we did that? What if we got really old and then went to go see John Borman? Assuming he somehow was still alive. Well, like he seems to have all the secrets. He knows. He knows how the tabernacle works. He maybe knows. he's maybe he's doing it. He knows something. He does. Doesn't know how to make that many good films. No. No. He knows how to make some. One or two. Point, point, point Blank was really good. Uh, Deliverance, fantastic film. And Zardos. Uh, yeah, you really like Zardos for some reason. <laughs> I just think it's fun. It's ridiculous. I never said it wasn't fun. <laughs> um, How long have we been recording? Uh, about 45 minutes. I'd say it's enough time to get into Melee Bag. It's the Mailbag. <laughs> And we have one question here, and this is a question from Mr. Black, who asks... What? What are your greatest wishes? Mr. Black? That's just what, what I've got written here, is what are your greatest wishes? Love, Mr. Black. Uh, what? Uh, Answer the question. Um, I don't know. This is what it be. I'm not sure if I should be saying Mr. Black. I just... I just, uh, I'd like to be happy. I'm sure we've done the wishes on here before, and, you know, multiple wishes. 
Uh, do you watch uh, What We Do in the Shadows? I know no. you haven't seen the film, but all right. Well, in the show, in the later series of the show, one of the characters uh, finds a magic lamp with a genie inside, and uh, basically every time make he makes a wish, he has to get his uh, familiar alongside him like an attorney so that they could go through all the loopholes. <laughs> Okay. And so there's one episode where he wants to the whole the whole episode he just wants to wish to make his dick the biggest in the world, but he knows there are loopholes and so he has to get his familiar alongside him. He's like, right, you can't make my dick ridiculously big, you know, you can't make it, uh, you can't make me impotent as well. You can't the, the balls have to be in proportion. You can't make it the biggest dick just by making everyone else's smaller. <laughs> and they go on like this for the whole episode until the genie eventually finally goes, "Guys, you did everything. I'm done now. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't do any loopholes. You win." Uh... What was I saying? Oh uh, yeah, uh, more wishes, infinite wishes. Oh, okay, very good. Turkey, no, no zombie turkey. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to turn to a turkey myself. I don't want any other weird surprises. You got it. And you just want to be happy. Well, that's yeah. uh, that's wholesome and simple if boring. Uh, yeah, it's boring, but... What if I wished that I wanted you to be miserable? Um, then I guess I'd just end up being... <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in between. Here and there. Good days and bad days. <laughs> which is pretty much where I'm at now. <laughs> so that's what happened. Uh, so, uh, yeah, thanks for that, Mr. Black. Uh, now, on to our patrons... Our first patron is Mrs. H. Alright, I hope no one's listening to this. Uh, our second patron is Andy Kinsella. Andy. Our third patron is Joey Rudden. If you want Joey. to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash freebeansalpod. That is the word free. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and... <laughs> Uh, it's a bit, uh, can you tell that I'm out of the swing of this? Uh, donate one euro or more per month, you get your name read out in this section. Some months, we even release fucking episodes. Yeah, uh, we do. Every month. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we do do that. There are more tiers if you want. You want to... <laughs> I said there's more tiers. Have I ever said this to you? What, what, when, like, I, uh, I don't know, this is really hard to, to describe, but I, like, uh, when I'm, when someone is speaking, I feel like I have, like, a really quick kind of flash, flash by in my head, like, a, a visual thing of, like, the words that are being said, and so, obviously, there's, like, not, not, the words are synonyms, but the, uh, phononyms, isn't it, where, the, where words are pronounced the same, but they're spelled differently, and they have different meanings, so there's tears, as in Patreon tears, where there's tears is in boohoo. Yes. And, and, and in my head, I saw there are more tears. There are, because not enough people give me money. And I'm a poor student. I need. I, I'm very busy drinking. Uh, yes, Patreon. Uh, you, you know the drill at this point. You give us money or you won't, but. Give money now. Uh, yes. Money, money, money. Ek, 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 ek. Which leads us on to the hint for next episode, which is very exciting. It's a business expense that has. Do it. That that I uh, I bought ages ago and it the, I pre-ordered ages ago and then it came out and suddenly the seller uh, that I pre-ordered it from apparently stopped selling it and so it was just kind of stuck in Amazon limbo for 
like two, three months. Whoa. And uh, uh, just just now, finally, like last week, they were like, hey, we're shipping it out now. I'm just like, thanks. And so now it's here. And so the hint for next week is props to our peeps and please keep your receipts because I'm a suburban Mother? No. <laughs> Props to our peeps. Props to our peeps, and please keep your receipts, because I'm a suburban. Mm-hmm. Wanker? No. Suburban. Good night, everybody. Uh...